Welcome to the SEM podcast. Once again, Jack and Zach are back today and uh, our guest coming to us over from the UK is David Kane. David, how are you, my friend? Very well, thank you. Yes, and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's appreciated. Yeah, appreciate uh, you taking the time to uh, interview lowly old me. <laughs> oh, hardly, hardly that, I'm certain. And uh, we were talking about it before, but tell us what part of the world you're calling from. Um, well, I'm from Bolton, uh, but, I, but I grew up in Manchester. Uh, Bolton is about 20 miles northwest of Manchester, if you know where that is. Okay. So in, in England, of course. Awesome. Love it. Well, we talked about uh, previously that you've been listening to the podcast. You understand the the format. We'll talk pre-mission and your story, getting your call. Yeah. We'll skip over post-mission and talk about life since then. And then we'll go back through and reminisce about Scotland. So I'll let you have the floor, David. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, so I guess, well, I should start really... I'm, as I've mentioned before, I'm from Manchester, the centre of Manchester, a place called Stratford, uh, which is near, you know, um, if you've heard of Manchester United, yeah, yeah. you've heard of them. <laughs> Not a great football team. I don't support <laughs> Manchester United. In fact, no one from Manchester supports Manchester United. Is that um, right? I'd yeah, like to. I want. I want to hear the truth behind this. Please share. They're all from London um, and outside of Manchester. In fact, Manchester United aren't even based in Manchester. They're based in Trafford, which is a which is a, a borough over. So they can't even be called Manchester United. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I believe you got Craig Day on <laughs> after me. Yeah, he's yeah. my supporter. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not. I'm a Manchester City supporter. The only team. In Manchester, so so what's to make that a big thing there? Um, but yeah, um, I attended the uh, Stratford Ward. I lived in Stratford pretty much all my life up until about five years ago. Um, it's about two miles south of the centre of Manchester, so I'm about as Mancuni as you can get. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've seen Oasis or the Stone Roses and all that. Yeah, and Arcade and Manfred. And all that there you go. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'm about as monkey as you can get without having like long stylized there or a Parker or shouting mad for it. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> basically. Um, I've already mentioned that I follow the champions of England, Manchester City. It's going to be another title for us at the end of the season as well. So uh, excited to get some more silverware coming to the right side of Manchester for a change. Uh, I'll stop with the man with the football sort of thing. It's pretty big over here. <laughs> big deal. <laughs> Maybe they'll do something in the Champions League for the first time this year. Yeah, yeah, the referees aren't going to cheat us out of it, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Another, uh, I, if, if, you've, if you've listened to, to stuff about me, I'm a Liverpool supporter. And so seeing oh, Manchester, no. anything Manchester side of the world is uh, hard to see them succeed. But they oh, are. Dude. City <laughs> has been a good side for a long time. So anyway, we'll get back to that. We'll get away from there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, I digress. Sorry about that. Um, I think I should probably start off. Um, from saying, um, you know, a lot of the um, previous uh, guys that you've had on um, are all still active in the church. Um, I'm, I think it's important for you to let me know that I haven't attended church meetings for quite some time. Um, I'm not here to look, I'm not here to badmouth the church. I'm not here to, it's not that I don't appreciate my mission or, you know, what the church has provided to my, in my life, you know. But, you know, I just kind of want to form a guest sort of, on this, who was on this show, reached out to me. I felt it was like, it, you know, I had valuable things that I could give to this podcast still. Um, and, you know, my experiences are just worth as worthwhile 
Um, I think That's it's what we've been trying to tell people. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, we well, really do. For, we appreciate that. Oh, well, thanks for thanks for, for having me on. I mean, you might be able to tell this from a bit of a different perspective now. Look, I, I'm, I'm as I said before, I'm not here to badmouth the church. I'd, I'd, you know, I've had I've had a really good life um, in the church. It's just that, you know, it's we we, we digressed ways, and I'll probably get onto that a bit a bit later. But uh, like I say, I still have meaningful experiences that I can share as a returned mas- uh, missionary. Just you know, but as maybe as a less active sort of uh, member of the church. Um, but you know, I still believe in God. Um, I still believe in Jesus Christ, um, and um, you know, obviously, he lived a, a wonderful, uh, exemplary life, and did some of the most awesome, beautiful things known to man. So, you know, I still have a, have a, I suppose you call it a testimony or a, or a witness of that. Um, but you know, I still feel as if I should share my mission experiences because, to to an extent, it helps bring a sense of closure because. I, and many missionaries would probably have a tendency to agree with me. They might look back with mixed feelings on the years that they served there. Um, and that's certainly the case with me. You know, some good, some amazing, and some not so amazing experiences. But, uh, yeah. So so that's, that's that. Um, so where do we go next? Just um, talk about your experience in running up to your mission and getting your call. Oh, Tell us that. Okay. Okay. So... Okay, so so I served uh, from July two thousand eight to July two thousand ten. Um, I'm thirty seven years of age now, so back then I wasn't. I, I served when I was twenty three years of age, so that was a uh, you know maybe a tiny bit late to be honest with you, um, com- comparatively now where people are going away at eighteen years of age. Um, but to be honest with you, it wasn't a huge priority to me to serve when I was nineteen years of age. Uh, you see, guys. I'm a musician, um, and um, I was in a band at the time, and that was the most important thing in my life at that particular time. You know, we were doing pretty well. I was getting noticed by people. I was popular. You know, when you're 19, that's that's kind of what you're after, isn't it? That's what that's what you're about. And that, that very much was a priority uh, for me at the time as well. So it was, I was obviously – I attended church, and I went to church quite a, a fair bit. You know, I was always active and – for one, one, one in one, one term or or, or another, basically. Um, however, <laughs> when the band split in two thousand and six, um, I wanted to pursue music education, um, and you know I wanted to become a music teacher, basically. Um, so I applied for to go to university, and I got a place at a, a, a place called Salford. And don't worry, I'm, I'm getting to, I'm getting to, uh, I'm building to the Russian core. Okay, you're <laughs> good. Going, We're with you. With We're with you. Where's he going with this massive tangent? No, no, no. This, this. Oh my goodness, where do you get that mug? <laughs> I've got to stop. I've got to stop. Where do you get from, that mug? From my wife for Christmas. <laughs> she hooked me up. You should, you should sell those on the site. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, the possibilities. Mine's not customized, but you know, J- Jack's repping for us. <laughs> Sorry, I will. I'll, anyway, I'll get back to it. Can you send me one of those, please? I'll send you the money. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out a trick here, guys. You're missing out a trick. Uh, anyway, so as I was saying, <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> you're going to get a lot of this. Um, <laughs> so I got accepted for a university course, um, graduate year in University of Salford, which was uh, pretty close to where I was living at the time in Stratford. And it was one of the best 
music courses in the UK. So I wanted to take this opportunity, you know, with both hands, basically. So, you know, I was thrilled to get the, I've gotten a place. I began my first year in 2007. Um, now, the ward which I attended, which was the Stratford ward at the time, was then the young single adult ward for the Manchester Stake. And, you know, Manchester is, you may or not, may not know, but it's a, it's a big student city. Um, you know, attract students from all over the world. You know, we have a lot of students coming in to attend meetings, etc. New couples and all this sort of, sort of stuff. Some of these guys, if you know what I mean, some of these were female students. <laughs> some of them were, you know, had, you know, I, I wish we would call a sweet spirit about them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know obviously i wanted to make an impression uh with these young ladies so naturally i came to church a bit more attended more meetings um i got involved more to impress the young ladies <laughs> you know um you know right guys you were sort of like hold yep. hand and walking through the moonlight and it's <laughs> some of them up right <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right and that's uh that's what i wanted to do that's what i wanted to do at that particular time so i wanted to see that <laughs> Um, so at, the, at that particular time, my dad was actually the bishop of the Stratford Ward, and the state president was also a close friend of mine. Um, and my family, he was a member of the Stratford Ward too. He was called Sean Roberts. He was the uh, so he approached me one Sunday morning, noticed obviously that I was uh, attending church a bit more regularly. Um, and he approached me uh, one Sunday, uh, during my first year of my degree, and asked me if I'd taken any thought to serve mission. So by that time, I was 22 years of age. It was sort of like in the first year of a three-year course, and I thought that it was uh, unlikely. Um, as you know, as we said, I had a desire to finish my degree. Um, I thought that sort of time was over. You know, there wasn't any window of opportunity now. That sort of boat had sailed, so to speak. So I remember in this meeting, Sean, um, he was the state president, uh, he, he asked me, and I remember he says, well, why don't you see if you can do it after you finish your first year? take a gap year or gap two years your two-year gap and I was like oh, that was an interesting thought I thought well yeah it's highly unlikely that they'll accept me to have a two-year gap two-year gap after the first year of my studies but you know I said yeah yeah sure if you allow me to do it I'll I'll, I'll seriously consider it on the provision obviously that I'll be allowed to take the two years off during it's like a summer break so I can continue my studies after I got back because that was what I wanted to do um so I never thought the university would actually go free and I was just <laughs> yes we'll allow you to take two years off wow. <laughs> so I was like all right well I guess I'm, I'm going on a mission then <laughs> that's quite a story wow yeah, yeah, so that's where i basically i sent my, my call move from my, my papers um like i say i went a bit late and um you know i asked the administration team so I was, you know it all sort of like went right through really quickly within the space of a couple of months and um so i was shocked and excited you know me uh, you know potentially serving a mission uh, yeah. and could become a reality basically um and i remember receiving my mission call now, previously, I'd been to Scotland um, uh, uh, a couple of times, just during New Year and stuff like that. Um, so I want, you know, I didn't want to speak any other language. I know a tiny bit of French, not a conversational French, just, you know, like I've, I've watched movies and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I think I could speak, you know, I can't speak it now. I won't be able to do it. So I wanted to speak somewhere. I wanted to go to a different country. I didn't want to go to Leeds because... No, no one from Manchester wants to serve in Leeds, um, and I didn't really want to go to London either. So I think I think 
it, it was a good call basically um i wanted to go to a different country that's that that box was ticked and um i wanted to go somewhere which spoke english which you know i can sort of half tick that box <laughs> because uh, some places in scotland you just don't know what they're talking about basically um so yeah that's that's uh that's that basically that's uh how i got my mission call <laughs> a bit long-winded that wasn't it sorry about that <laughs> oh that was good i didn't know they did they would allow gap two years that is pretty well yeah yeah interesting. yeah it was a shocker to me, but you know they said you know I, I was doing pretty well at the time. They said you know your grades are good, um, yeah we like you, you know yeah if if you take a, a test an examination test on the on, on when you come back, we'll allow you to continue your studies, which was you know I've, I've unheard of. I've I've never heard of yeah. that before. But was I'd like to say my grades were pretty good, so I can't see why why not. So but when they said yes for two years, I was just like, well, <laughs> got to do something now. Let's <laughs> <not> going. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, well, your yeah, yeah. your, yeah, your hand good. your hand was a little bit stayed in that point, right? Where you're just like, well, I I can't play it any other way now. <laughs> My hands good. are tied. <laughs> hands are tied. No, it was I saw I saw an opportunity, and I thought, you know, obviously it's a unique opportunity to serve a mission, and you know, I was a bit curious as well to see what had happened. And obviously, as I mentioned before, I wanted to impress the ladies, guys. You know what I mean? Nothing impresses the ladies quite like the word RM after your name. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that's true. It's very true. All right, that's a good segue. So take us right to July of 2010 since you've been home. What have you been up to since then, David? Um, I've actually made notes, so if you don't mind. You're good. <laughs> so, so, um, so, um, so, so obviously since I got back from a mission, um, I completed um, my degree. Um, my, my that was a music degree popular music and recording um i wanted to become a teacher um i became a teacher for a bit but decided to change my mind after <laughs> i worked at some schools <laughs> um and so i retrained about i think it's four or five years ago now um my master's degree a uh, master's degree in real estate and commercial property management and now i am a chartered surveyor I've uh, been so for for three years now, part of the part of the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors, which is uh, nice. a, posh word, a posh word to say that you you know you're accredited, basically. <laughs> so cool. and, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is quite cool. Um, I enjoy my job quite a lot. I, I manage a lot large portfolio of um, commercial properties, like offices and things such as that, uh, uh, on behalf of uh, a private equity firm in the northwest of England. So I've got I've got four centres. And, you know, I've got a couple of members of staff in each, you know, I kind of just okay. go between all three of them kind of thing. So uh, that's, 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 that keeps me busy during the day. Um, I love my work, but my main, my main love is still music, guys. I'm never, you're never going to get that out of me. <laughs> I mean, and I can't. So uh, I run, I also run a, you know, a very successful music events company as well on the side uh, called Escape Music. Um, that's done better than we ever thought. We've got festivals and all over the UK now. Um, that's yeah, that's that's really wow. taken since 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 lockdown as well. That takes up quite a bit of my time. Um, I've got a, a studio, um, a music studio as well. Um, I've just added to. Just spent two grand on this massive piece of equipment, kind of thing. Like, oh gosh. Well, you know, it's 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 a, it's a hobby of a lifetime, kind of thing. And you know, you've uh, I really love doing it. And um, you know, I don't care if no one's listening. <laughs> I'm going to do it until the day I die, basically. <laughs> so, uh, um, so that's um, I'm not 
married or anything like that. I do have a girlfriend. Um, we've been going out for about seven months now. Um, she's great. She's currently away. She works at sea. <laughs> so, you know, for months at a time, she's a hydrographical surveyor. So she works on like oil rigs and stuff like that. Wow. Uh, I thought I'd miss them all. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Hopefully she's not going to listen to this. I love you, Alice. <laughs> Miss you, Dave. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been basically doing since. Yeah, um, and bits and pieces and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. And up to this day, I'm um, I'm still doing that. Um, still digging away at the music thing. Um, you know, but it's a thankless task. Um, to try and get people interested in your music is. When you know you're 37 years of age is is a bit whack, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, keep on trying. I've got I've got to live the dream, you know what I mean? I've got to, I've got to reach for the yeah. stars, you can say, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't, I'm never going to give up. I don't care how popular I am or I'm not, basically. But um, yeah, so, my, my music so training can go somewhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> if people want to find your music, where do, where should they go? This, you do some promotion here. Oh right, okay. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity to promote my stuff, guys. Um, uh, first and foremost, just just type up my name, David Hall Kane, um, into uh, Sound. Well, you'll you'll find me online. Basically, it's got a lot of my old stuff on there, but there's going to be new stuff coming soon. So keep an eye out for it, and uh, don't be too harsh with your comments. You know what I mean, because uh, I'll just kick you off. Just kick you off. Don't worry. If it's negative, guys, just add, don't don't do don't do negativity with my with my music. You know what I mean? Just it's uh, it's, it cuts me too close to the core. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyway, uh, I can understand that. I love it. All right. <laughs> so take us back to July of 2008. You literally drove up the road to the MTC in Preston. I'm imagining. I'm sure that was a little different. Yeah. It's 15 minutes drive away from where I live. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly like I was uh, really in my mission frame of mind when I went there. Um, as you're aware, the MTC is pretty much located on the same site as the, as the Charlie Sample. It's located about what, 20 minutes drive about where, from where I lived, um, uh, from where I live now, excuse me, and about 30 minutes away from Stratford, where I used to live. So I didn't have, obviously, very far to travel to get there. Um, I went with my whole family, excuse me. Wow. Um, and they left me at the MTC. I was just like, just go, just go. And I was like, it was a, it was a bit of a heartbreaking ending, you know what I mean? Because I didn't think they were going to leave. I was like, just leave, just leave, just go, just go, just go. I'd talk to you. And obviously I didn't see that again for uh, two years after that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a, bit of a strange farewell. <laughs> but uh, I was excited to go into the MTC, uh, to be honest with you. Um, it was a, another strange thing about it being very, very close to my house and you, you remember me saying that I mentioned before that I had a lot of students at, the, at my ward the Stratford ward another yeah. weird thing about me being at the MCC that was I guess unique to me was that I knew pretty much all of the teachers oh wow <laughs> yeah so most of them went to my ward and I hung around didn't know why I'd say a <laughs> little, little, little bit of a reverse role there a little bit that's crazy <laughs> so I was automatically just like oh right they've got power over me now <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I hung around with them the church activities um, you know uh, Jonathan Spencer I knew very well Sam Rushworth Joe Cook Joe McMahon Chris Goble all, all those guys you probably won't know them but they were the what like, that trained us yeah. I didn't think all of them. Uh, the only one I didn't really know was was Chris Pattinson. Pattinson, who was like you know the head 
the head teacher, basically. If you were, that's the one we do know. That's the one we yeah, do know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you live close to me as well. You know what I mean. So, uh, as you can imagine, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, as you can imagine, it was a bit difficult first to see these guys as like teachers, you know, like an over me. <laughs> when I first yeah. got there, I was calling him bad first name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. That's great. <laughs> a few of them, <laughs> one or two, like, let me off kind of thing. And one or two of them corrected me, I remember, <laughs> and reminded me, you know, that I was now a missionary. <laughs> as like Elder Kane. I remember Jonathan Spencer particularly, who was actually one of the ones I was closer to, gave me a bit of a, one of my first of many mission rebukings. And he said, look, Elder Kane, I know that we, me and you, we're, friend, we're friends or are friends and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, and we go to the same ward and, you know, your dad basically, you know, is my bishop. <laughs> but yeah, you know, while you're in the MTC, you'll call, you'll refer to me as Brother Spencer. And I'll just, I couldn't help it. I'll just burst out laughing. <laughs> 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 Got so, <mad>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so angry, I just cracked up. But you know, he wasn't joking. <laughs> he was serious and got like angry and sort of stung. <laughs> but I soon learned. I soon learned. Um, uh, Joe McMahon, um, I knew as well. He was a really nice guy. So I'm trying to say is the MCC was well one of my favourite parts of the entire mission. I absolutely loved it in there. I thought it was great. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we had great food. Uh, was it Luca, who was the guy that did the chef? He was fantastic. Italian mm. guy. He wasn't a member, and we'd all try to try to see if we could uh, convert him, but he's, he's had that a million times. <laughs> he's like, oh, not interested, guys, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but, you know, we were looked after there. Um, president Sorensen was our president, uh, the MCC president. Um, yeah, like I say, the, the facility itself was great and really well managed, I felt. Um we had lots of football on the sample grounds. And obviously, they were my friends, a lot of the teachers. So, you know, um, and I was only 10, 15 minutes away from home. So it wasn't really like, like a bit of a weird vacation, not really sort of like <laughs> in mission, mission frame of mind at that particular moment in time. Let's just start like, oh, yeah, this is a nice vacation. This is what my mission is going to be like. Um, my first companion was a guy called um, Nathan Cloth. He was from Pro- Provo, Utah. Um, he was quite a quiet, pleasant, sincere, lovely guy, really. I remember, you know, doing my first companionship inventory with him, you know, as a training module with him. And to be honest with you, I found that aspect of being a missionary quite challenging at first. Um, because, you know, I expected to work hard. And it was all about working hard, but I didn't really like that whole idea of that was a target for constant chastisement you know what i mean he wasn't cool with me that didn't really sit well with me maybe because i was prideful or i still am prideful or whatever but um at first i fought against it i was like no 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 no. this is not about me this is not about me guys this is about me working so let's let's get back onto that shall we and all this sort of stuff but um yeah um i didn't like that primarily because i didn't like the power dynamic it left me with (laughs) um and secondly i wasn't interested in what people's opinions basically <laughs> you know what i mean because that's all it was to me it's like oh this is your opinion blah 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 um but uh you know i mean unless i was breaking mission rules which are which are, I'm, i wasn't that type of type of missionary um i'm not that type of guy especially the only option was i was seeking was you know ultimately the right thing in in god's eyes you know what i mean rather than what your interpretation of what god's eyes were you know what i mean um and i constantly uh, quote scripture, quote the scripture. So, you know, Jesus said, seek ye first 
Seek well, see ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So that was that was I was in my head when I went into the MCC, and when I was constantly getting corrected, I was just like, ah, oh, you're missing the point here, guys. But that was just my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, look, I can feedback. appreciate. I can appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's can, my, truly, truly can. That, it was, that's that's just it was, my view of it. Uh, I mean, no one has to agree with me. It's just the way that I saw things personally. Um, look, feedback in general in life is important but yep. i think and a lot of uh, the struggles i had in my mission was it felt like i wasn't treated like a human being but like a problem <laughs> you know what i mean and I, I think that's where a lot of missionaries felt you know way short of the mark in my opinion uh, especially like a few of the mission leaders i'm not going to get into who but i just felt like missionaries used their position as a power flex rather than like oh this is an opportunity for me to help somebody you know what I mean, and learn it. And that was, I mean, that was quite a bit of a shock when I originally got into the mission that, that it was there was that sort of power dynamic in because I thought it was going to be like a, a bit of a nurturing kind of loving kind of yeah, encouraging everyone. And it was uh, when I got there, I realized it was very, very uh, opposite of that, basically. Um, but anyway, I'll get into that. I, I love the MCC. But I was very anxious about heading up to Scotland to do the work. Um, so that was the MTC. Lovely experience. Um, but, um, yeah, going on the mission, that was a bit of a different matter. You know what I mean? It completely changed when I, when I, as soon as I basically turned up to the mission <laughs> and, uh, and met up with uh, President Frederick. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we've already heard from some of the missionaries that were kind of in your era of how there was quite a culture that was already there when you were when you were coming in. So I'm really mm -hmm. curious to hear more about your experience there. Well, it's hammer time. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I, went, I remember someone once telling me, oh, hammer time. That's like a MC hammer song or something like that. I was thinking it was a cool thing. <laughs> I was like, what, hammer time? Yeah. But now I've realized, come to realize that uh, meant something very different <laughs> in the Scotland Edinburgh mission. Um, I mean, I arrived probably just after it was phasing out, but there's very much still strong elements um, <laughs> within the mission of let's, uh, you know, rebuke this person into feeling depressed or upset or whatever you know what i mean yeah I, i've i gotta be honest with you that it, it's not a way to in my eyes it just it wasn't effective because i understand the, the i understand people trying to rebuke people to try and make them make them feel better but not worse you know what i mean and i felt like there was there was quite a lot of that there wasn't like oh let's do this to try and make them encourage them to do better it was like let's chastise this person so that they get upset and cry basically and <laughs> let's uh yeah. you know I, I i honestly i mean i might be sound a tad dramatic there but i've heard instances where that was the case and i didn't agree with it i still don't agree with it i don't think it's a way to to encourage missionaries to do the work i don't think it's very effective either well, you know, that, that was just a decision that was made because other missionaries were, you know, goofing off or whatever or not working properly. But like I said, I wasn't built for that. I was I was built to, I wanted to go out and work, I wanted to help people. I think I was doing it for the right reasons in most instances. My my yeah. desire was good, I think, going out there. I mean, yeah, I wanted to get the interest of girls and stuff like that. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't 100% innocent. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie to you there. But I think the, my, my, my reasons for going were um were good um and but i was i was i was a bit a bit disappointed when i got there 
Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll talk about when I arrived at the mission home. Um, so we obviously we caught the train up to Edinburgh Waverley. I met up with President Frederick, and <laughs> it was a bit of a shock to see how big he was <laughs> initially. I was like, "Wow, this guy's an absolute mountain of a man!" <laughs> like he's been mentioned before. Yeah. A bit, a bit, I was a bit intimidated initially, um, but you know, it's pleasant enough at first. Um, first expression of him, um, impression of him, he was like I say, he was very large. Um, I remember when we got there at Waverley before he let us into the van. He's like, "Go and speak to five people, contact them at the at the at the, at the station." I was like, wow. "Oh, this is right. I'm on a mission. Let's <laughs> go, wow. go, 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 go." <laughs> so that's what we did. We got into eventually the mission home, and um, after I contacted five people. At Waverley Station, and then off we we popped in the uh, in the in the mission van, all the way through, driving at about six hundred miles an hour through the streets of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the streets of uh, uh, through the streets of Edinburgh. Um, yeah, that was a, that was another thing on the mission. Like the missionaries would drive so fast, and I was like, "What is what is going on?" <laughs> We've heard that too. <laughs> Just like, if it was Elder Lucas, then I can understand why. <laughs> well, so many, I mean, that's going to be another thing that <laughs> so many missionaries just like fragrantly abused. <laughs> I like, so I mean, um, I heard a couple of people, oh, what's it, um, in Christian Lucas's, he nearly got a ban because he was what? going like 100 odd miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got I mean, caught. And then, was it, an apostle <laughs> saw him getting arrested or something? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly. Yep. Welcome to the SEM, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, so we got back in the mission home. Uh, I remember introducing myself to all the missionaries. Um, very nice over, dis- over dinner. And, um, you know, the stick people sort of like, oh, where are you from? How are you doing? And stuff like that. It was dead nice. Um, food was great. <laughs> Um, I remember the assistant at the time was uh, Jeremiah Johnson. He was on his last move. I think he was being moved out at that particular time. And uh, <laughs> he sort of coyly told me um, over dinner that he knew who I was. I was like, oh, how do you know who I was? And now I've got to rewind back because I've already mentioned I'm, I'm, I'm a musician. Uh, I sent a letter to uh, address to President Frederick <laughs> um, asking um, if I... You know, because I'm a professional musician, I practice guitar every day, um, and I don't think it was too much of a request to ask if I could bring my guitar for, you know, just practice for, you know, one day a week on P days. You know, because otherwise, I probably, I wasn't, I was scared that I was going to lose my my ability to play or, you know, or whatever. I'm going to bring my acoustic one hour a week practice on P day tops. Um, so I wrote to President Frederick via a letter before my mission, sent it to him. And he read this letter out loud to a number of people in the mission home, um, including Elder Johnson. And I, I really wish that he wouldn't have done that. Um, I, I felt like it was a it was a letter just me requesting to me. I think it sort of took on, on a bit of a contradictory tone, to tell you the truth. Um, I, I heard that he might have been taking the mick as well. Um, so I caught wind of this while I was in the mission home, <laughs> meeting him, and I was I was pretty, I was pretty livid uh, that the mission president would would do something like that, you know. I, I was just say no to me in private, <laughs> and then move on. You know what I mean? So um, I like I say it was a matter, it was a matter between me and him. So straight from the word go, I had I had a bit of an issue against President Frederick, and I didn't really trust him, unfortunately. 
So, um, but you know, I respected him, and I respected his, his power and his authority, and I was there to do what he what, what was told. Anyway, um, I was paired up with Jonathan Smith from Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton, mate. <laughs> Uh, super nice guy. Um, he was a uh, he was super effective organised missionary. He was obviously he trained me for the first six weeks. Um, he was on his last moves, <laughs> um, so he talks about home a lot. <laughs> Why do they call it trunky? Trunky, yeah, you're getting trunky, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent home already in his head. I'm there. Uh, I'm there. I'm at the finish line. <laughs> what area did you go to? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, uh, it was Glasgow. I was in Mary Hill. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that was, my, that was my that was my introduction. That was my introduction uh, to uh, to Scot to Scotland. Going to um, a war zone, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, with a guy that you know. You imagine me being a greenie and the guy talking about home all the time as well. <laughs> oh, um, you know, in in and me, we got on um, and round where a lot of Mary Hill, yeah, the ward was great. He had, had a couple of previous issues with overbearing missionaries. Like I say, we just finished Hammer Time. Basically, we were coming out of that. Well, I think that was just the culture of the mission at the time, and you know the attitude that came from the top. You know, to baptize, 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 and that was very much, um, very much uh, you know pushed quite heavily. Um, when I originally, um, when I originally came out, especially during the first couple of uh, weeks in the mission, was the first couple of months actually. Um, so I remember just after Hammer Time. Um, well, yeah, it was during Hammer or just after Hammer Time. Um, I remember. Oh yeah, I remember meeting the zone leaders. <laughs> the zone leaders. My first encounter with my zone leaders. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> So it was Ryan Blake and Tyson Bear, and they were my zone leaders. Now, I didn't even know what a zone leader was. I was aware that we had a district leader. I thought the district leader was, in, um, like, below President Frederick. Um, I thought the assistants were just like his little lackeys. And I thought that the uh, zone, I didn't even know what a zone leader was. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of the, the power structure in the mission, is what I'm saying. So my, introdu- my introduction to, to Ryan and, and Tyson they, they came round to our flat, and I tell you what, guys, they absolutely tore me apart. <laughs> they literally, I mean, honestly, they were not nice. <laughs> they uh, they went through all my things. They all maybe corrected me. These like, oh yeah, this, that, 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 and this and that. And, you know, they're getting personal and instances. <laughs> and I was just like, who are these guys? Like, who are these guys? The people they come round. Well, I was, I was. I was a bit disgusted, to be honest with you. I was a bit disgusted, but you know, it doesn't matter. I forgive them. I forgive them and stuff like that. I've, but I was just, I was just shocked initially that that was the culture of the mission. It's like, what this is, this is allowed. This is, this is permitted for them to come round here, bully us, <laughs> and <Wow>. and leave. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seemed like that was definitely the case. Um, so I was, I was a bit disgusted with the way they initially treated me. You know, they seemed much more interested in flexing the power. Uh, rather than getting to know me or make me feel comfortable or addressing any concerns, you know. Um, so um, after my rebuking, that was like the first major one that I got on the mission and I was just out. Um, um, so anyway, six weeks, that was that was my, my introduction to, to Glasgow or Ward. I was with, as I say, Jonathan for six weeks um, and then he goes home. I get a new companion, Alan Slater. 
who was from Nottingham. Uh, he was a very different companion to Jonathan. Um, um, I'd say a lot more laid back. Um, very funny guy. Uh, obviously, he, he liked his football as well, even though his team was Bobbins. Um, <laughs> bottom of the league, you know what I mean? Bottom right down there, bottom of the league, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you could get him on, actually. He's, he's a good laughing. Um, I really liked Alan. Um, really funny guy. Um, we had a sort of similar sense of humour. Um, uh, we get along great and bounce off each other quite a bit, you know what I mean? Um, I thought he was, he was very hardworking, extremely focused. And, you know, that was that was a great, really good example for me. So I had really good, two fantastic missionaries to start off with. I couldn't have asked for any any better missionaries. So um so during my time with um Alan Slater, um I'd been out for about eight weeks at this point. Uh the Bishop of Glasgow um asked to bring sacrament to an elderly lady whose name I forget. I'm sorry, elderly lady. Um she, I think she had she had something like, you know, she had issues, basically dementia, I think, or something like that. Um so this Lady lived on one of the roughest estates in Mary Hill. You know, you know, back then employed people would, you know, go there to go collect the gyro, which is like, you know, their their benefits on on from the post office on Mondays. And I remember in particular, um this particular area's post office on Monday morning, it's queue stretched around the block. <laughs> so you know, you could I could tell you it was a pretty it was a pretty rough area. Um yeah, anyway, we're on our way to bring this lady sacrament. And um, it was during that time, that I, as we were crossing the road, that I was assaulted by this very, very angry gentleman. Um, he broke my nose. Um, he headbutted me in the face. <laughs> um, completely, unex- yeah, completely unexpected, uncalled for. And that happened eight weeks in. <laughs> oh, gee. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, another another. I want to say it was a blow. It, it, it didn't hurt or anything initially. It was just more of a shock. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever broke your nose. I mean, the first concern was, oh, no, my perfect nose is gone. You know what I mean? Like, my looks, my hair, all this sort of stuff. I've got it all, my blood all over my, my mission, my mission uh, tie and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> but oh, um, wow. obviously, word got around that I'd been assaulted um, across the mission. Um, Elder Slater, um, called you know called president frederick straight away um and so on and obviously news got around um <laughs> news got around quite quickly um that day that that elder kane had got beaten up <laughs> you know what I mean? across the mission uh, i remember president frederick calling me actually um about it and i could tell he was trying to cheer me up <laughs> you know what i mean trying to sort of like me see the you know the positive side which you know i really i really appreciated but um I felt like a lot of people weren't being very sensitive to the situation. You know what I mean? I felt like, you know, people were sort of like laughing at, at, at the fact that it happened rather than like, oh, you're all right or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't in the mood to sort of like say, oh, yeah, tell us that story about how you, how you got assaulted. You don't want to tell people that story over and over. It's not a, it was not, it was not a positive thing that happened, basically. But I don't know. It's I, I felt like uh, I, I didn't connect with a lot of the... Uh, the mentality in the mission, you know what I mean? Uh, I felt it was um, like a, I don't know, I don't know, maybe like a school or something like like a like a or um, felt like a I don't know, just like like a bit of a sorority or something like that. You know what I mean? A, kind of a weird, weird sort of like militant sorority kind of you know 
religious sort of thing. You know what I mean? I wasn't really sort of into it, but uh, I was um, I was into hard working. I think that was just the culture of the mission. To be honest with you, that was just you know every every mission's got the culture, haven't they? And that was ours. Um, I just think it wasn't very. Um, I mean, yes, it got we got work done. You know what I mean? And we were effective. Um, but I just felt like um, it wasn't very. How can I put it? Very caring when it came to certain things. You know what I mean? Or it was all things. Certain things were overlooked. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't. I won't talk about that. That that all the miserable stuff. The, but there was bad and there was good. Um, I actually got a funny story um, with Elder Slater. I think you'll like this one. Um, when I was uh, serving with Elder Slater, obviously in Mary Hill, we um, <laughs> we uh, would often go to the high rise flats in the area, um, and these. I mean, I remember listening to Christian Lucas. These areas were marked with a skull and crossbones on the on the on the area map. <laughs> and you know, um, he might have mentioned that in an earlier podcast somewhere. But that didn't scare me. Me and Elder Slater, no sir, we'd go there all the time <laughs> to see what he was uh, what was going on. You know, we weren't scared. We had God on our side, right? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> what's there to be scared of? <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway. Uh, oh, wow. When we went there, these 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 flats were horrific. Um, this uh, there were there were high rises that were about twenty five to thirty floors high, and there was a number of we had a number of investigators at, at one time. I remember that one day, old Slater and um, me, we you know we we got up to get the lift on the bottom of the flat, and the doorway into the lift uh, there was there was like flowers and a little little shrine there, and we're like. Obviously, we didn't know what what it was about. Like, what the what on earth is this about? You know what I mean? Like, all these pictures of a of a young lady there. <laughs> anyway, being naive. Anyway, the concierge comes out and goes, "Oh, that's out of order, guys." Um, but he's going to be back up and running pretty soon. Um, I'm like, what, "What happened?" He says, "Well, a late well a lady was in that lift the other day, and it malfunctioned. A lady fell, unfortunately, fell to her death." And me and Elder Slater were like looked right at each other. And we said at exactly the same time, let's take the stairs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Golly. <laughs> and we climbed goodness up all the stairs. I, I never went up, I never went in that lift ever again. And these <laughs> these are high flats. You <laughs> know, people at the very top. You know what I mean? But it was like there's no way yeah. I was getting in those flats. Uh, plenty of exercise uh, during that particular time. But <laughs> no floor. 30 floors, 30 floors, no problem. <laughs> I'm not going to take my uh, I'll take my chances uh, with these stairs. Thank you very much. <laughs> so that's, um, cra- that's crazy, goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, it sounds it sounds crazy, but it is it's true. It is true. You talk to Elder Slayer, you'll verify it. Um, anyway, eventually, uh, with Elder Slayer, six weeks moved from Mary Hill uh, to Dundee, the Lift Road Ward. Um, my companion was Brian Tusha. Um, Dundee was a much uh, nicer area than Glasgow, uh, to be honest with you. Um, and I was pretty much glad to be out of there. We also had a car, which is fantastic. Now, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a really good driver, unlike some missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Brian was um, Brian was from Rexburg, Idaho. Uh, he was an exemplary missionary. Um, he was funny. He was he was he was scarily smart. He's gifted and you know he had a lot going for him still obviously still does have a lot going for him i just if i had one criticism of him i don't think he was a great people person um 
you know, I don't think it was great with, you know, other people um, and how they were feeling or how, what they were thinking and things such as that. I honestly think that he, I thought whilst I was serving with him, he would be able to serve more effectively if he was on his own. You know what I mean? Because um, I don't think he valued my opinion as a as a, as a a companion at all, really. Um, I found at times he could be quite obstinate. And forgive me for saying this, Brian, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, you're a lovely guy, but, you know, we didn't see eye to eye uh, on, on some things. Uh, I thought he didn't care much about my ideas or my plans um, because his were always better. <laughs> um, it caused a bit of friction, as you can probably imagine, between us um, when we were planning, particularly, or, yeah. determining, what, or determining what we wanted to do. Um, I just felt like I had no input. And that wasn't really our companionship at all, really. Um, I didn't really have a voice, so, you know, fair enough. You know, we were companions for a long time as well. We were we were together for four and a half months. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I was, I was, you know, I was like, how long, how long am I going to be with him? I, I don't think he's a, he's not a bad person at all. I think he's a wonderful person. It's just, I think sometimes, you know. When you when you're working really hard, um, and you want to do what's right, sometimes in your mind, what's what the right thing and what the other person's right thing can contradict. And you know, you obviously sometimes you pray and you try and find a, a middle ground or or something along those lines, or, or you know, or you seek what what you know the spirit's telling you or or whatever. Um, but I don't think, like I say, I don't think that process was very at the front when <laughs> enjoying our companionship, but. Um, Anyway, we did we did baptize um, uh, a, a guy called Craig. Uh, I've got a photo of him there. There's, right. yeah, can you see that? There's, there's yeah. Craig, me, and Brian. And so that was our that was my first baptism on my mission. Uh, we were teaching him. He was a fantastic. Uh, he, he was a baker actually. So obviously it was great when he used to bring us loads of loads of bakery goods. I gained quite a lot of weight on the mission. I can I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, I was um, I think it was a size thirty two when I went out. When I came back, I was a size thirty eight. I, I gained like three stone on the mission. <laughs> I think a lot of people were probably similar to that. They, they fed us well, you know. <laughs> um, that was me too. Three stone. Three stone. Yeah. Three. Three. Two, two stone for me. Two stone. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, I like it doesn't come off very easy, unfortunately, as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it does not. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, um, a, a lot of the time it was just like, I mean, not to diss um, Scottish cuisine, you know, that, which is obviously the highest quality. No, it's all fried, isn't it? You know I mean, it's all fried. You ever heard of a, you remember heard of a munchie box? You know, a munchie box. You ever have a munchie box? Oh, <laughs> it's, just all the, it's just all the rubbish that's left over from like the scrapings of like an abattoir or something like that. Let's deep fry it, lads. Let's put loads of salt and grease and let's let's dip in it in brew and let's let's <laughs> put chips in there as well. Let's put like a week old chicken. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we eat that as missionaries. Oh, this is great, you know. <laughs> Wondering why yeah. we gained all this weight. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Did that plenty. Um, we had plenty of meals um, as well in in the mission. Uh, you know, Dundee was a great great for for member work for um, you know for for inviting people around. It was superb. War like like honestly fantastic. One of one of my favourite wars I served in. Um, so Brian left the area. Um, I then had a new companion, Robert Yori, from Kent. 
um, his dad actually invented the show Thomas the Tank Engine. If you uh, if you know that, oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, starring cool. Ringo Starr of the Beatles. So uh, it's it's a kids show basically, but yeah, he, um, his dad actually invented that show. I, I know because I looked up afterwards. <laughs> I was like, wow. oh yeah, his dad, did, his dad actually did do it. You know what I mean? So um, um, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Little 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 tidbit there. So Rob uh, treated me, I think, uh, a bit differently than Brian did. Um, I think as soon as uh, you know he became a companion, I felt a, a more positive change. Um, like I was a lot more free to express myself, and you know he'd let me basically do plans without scrutiny. Um, Rob definitely seemed to value my input um, as a companion, and it paid off too because we baptized eight people in three months. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've got honestly, we, I saw so much success during this period. It was, it was crazy. Um, but I was, you know, because I was a hardworking elder. I can't, I spoke to everybody as well, and I mean everybody, or if or not, not everybody. I'm not obviously this one or two of them, but I spoke to as many people as I could. Um, that was important to me to try and you know just do my part. So there was one that was Alex, uh, me and Elder Yori. Wow. Um, that's uh, Brother Clancy, who's a member. He baptized Alex. You might see me looking a bit stressed there. That's because Alex was an hour late for his baptism. <laughs> oh, wow. That would be like, stressful. Like, Alex, where have you been? He goes, well, Alex, where have you been? It's like, oh, I just decided to walk from Lyft Road to Bingham Terrace. <laughs> <laughs> that takes an hour. Like, why didn't you let me know? We've got people here. Anyway, um, that's another one. <laughs> Linda, Gamin- Lin- <laughs> Linda Gaminsky. Um, I baptised Linda. She's fantastic wonderful member of the church um there's a whole family here that's uh, lee margo i think her name is and i've forgotten her name well that's that's a family that i baptized his name i've forgotten i should look at my journals yeah. um oh yeah bronte <laughs> bronte that's right bronte um um so we baptized four people alex leon um uh, Mary, Bronte Lee, the mum, Linda, and uh, Kat as well, join our three months together. Uh, we were crazily successful, and but you know, and if it, it, like it all came from because we got on, I think you know what I mean, and we were focused on doing the work. Um, and you know, I liked Rob quite a bit. We, we you know, we had a few. T- we had a few tips, but we all do with pretty much all your companions, don't you? So, um, yes, um, I think that lot, large part of it was, was was the leadership as well. The district leader also changed at the same time. Um, so I've got to give a shout out to Cody Rouchet. Oh, I thought, oh, I got along with great as well. He was a, I think he was a, another exemplary missionary. And like, he was so positive about everything. It's just like, I admire that because I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to think I'm a bit of an optimist too. I like to try and be an optimist, and he was definitely optimistic. He was definitely, you know, a go-getter as well. And there's sort of like that sort of combination that I, I wanted to marry and intimate into my own personality when I was becoming a missionary. You know what I mean? Because I felt maybe I was a bit either too focused or I'd be a bit angry, and you know what I mean? Or, or it's like I was like doing this to try and to try and prove something or something like that. But I should have done it with with love and. And um, these these guys definitely taught me that basically. So I got a shout out to say a shout out to Joe Hawkins as well. He was also in that district. Um, yeah, he was uh, formerly uh, Andrew Bonin's uh, companion, and um, 
he was a great guy as well. Got along with him superbly. Um, yeah, kind of miss him to be honest with you. But um, then um, I was transferred to the Paisley Stake with uh, Jason Hensley from uh, Washington State. Um, I was in the Renfrew area. Uh, like that area was the polar opposite of where I, I just was. Um, you know, I just come from where we've seen tons of baptisms and confirmations. <laughs> Relationships with members were, were beginning to heal and doing great. You know, members would come on teachers and invite people to be baptized and we're baptizing families and everything. I went from <laughs> I went from that area to an area where we didn't get any appointments at all, basically. <laughs> Um, it was one of the worst performing areas in the mission, I would I would assume, at that particular time. Perhaps one of the worst, yeah. Um, and it was in Paisley. I don't know if you ever served in Paisley, guys. So, I was um, in, I was in Johnston, so it, and I think Johnston may have been part of that area. Is that right, or am I wrong in saying that? Well, Johnston was in our district. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, but they were they were next to our area basically. So originally there was three mission. It was there was three sets of elders um, for the Paisley uh, ward. Um, so I served six weeks with uh, uh, Jason Hensley, um, and about partway through we come back to um, you see that that shock there. We come back to um, a two let sign in the window. <laughs> so uh, there's me looking shocked. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> your apartment had yeah, the two letters in, in our in our apartment with, with a big number on it while while we were gone after. So it was like, gee, I wonder what's going to happen for moves. <laughs> you know what I mean? We <laughs> wonder if we're staying now. Are we? Wow. We um, we kind of knew that it was it was closing down that particular area. Um. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> what a way to find out. Yeah, yeah, I know. We so you know when when President Frederick rang us, we were like, "Really? No way!" <laughs> yeah, we knew already. <laughs> I think he was a bit lost on him, kind of thing, because we were being. I was being sarcastic. Like, no way, really? Wow! <laughs> I'm going where? <laughs> oh goodness! A bit lost on him, I think. But um, so um, yeah. Paisley was a good ward. I just think you'd, um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but um, Jason told me that a few months before I arrived in the area, the area president called to join a meeting at the Paisley ward and the Johnston ward. And um, it was during a sacrament meeting where they sort of matter of factly informed the members of both wards that they'll be no longer using the Johnston building. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just like that, you had a lot of very, very upset members from both wards. Particularly, you know, well now the former members of the Johnston Ward. Um, so it literally just closed down. It was still there as a building. They just decided to lock up, lock up and not use it anymore. Nice. So I I come into that basically. Um, so there's a bit of a rather sticky situation we were having to deal with regarding the members, as you can imagine. Um, I could tell there was tension there basically from 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 when I arrived. Um, um so. Let's say, um, so anyway, I was with Jason for six weeks and then I was whitewashed into a huge new area. Um, the mission decided to combine the Renfrew and Paisley areas. Um, now, both of them on their own were quite large areas. Um, and so they just decided to combine both areas. Let's let's move one, area, one elder from here, one area from there. Let's combine them together. Technically, that's a whitewash, isn't it? So, um, and I got paired up with Brady Hammond. 
um, from Boise, Idaho. And um, Brady um, was, I mean, I still is, he's, he's a, he's, he was a great guy. Um, I, he, I think he was one of the most humble people I think I've ever met. Like, without a doubt, he was, he was a superb missionary. Um, honest, open. It feels like I could talk to anything about him, and not I, w- I wasn't judged. You know what I mean? Um, and that's important because you got. I think you got to have trust. Um, you know, sometimes, and I felt like I was like, yeah. definitely trust him. Um, so I got on really great with him too. He had a really good sense of humour. He was a he was a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. Really good one too. I remember he. <laughs> I remember he challenged me once, and I was just like, nah. No, nah, no, nah, you're not, you're not, you're not going to have the better of me. So I just denied him every single time that he goes through. He's like, come on, let's wrestle. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I don't feel like it because I didn't want to get flipping absolutely creamed. <laughs> I knew he was going to cream me. I just didn't <laughs> want to, I just wanted, didn't want him to sort of know <laughs> that he was creaming me. Anyway, um, during that time, I think I was hitting the main vein of the mission. I mean, the area wasn't doing so great performance-wise. But I wanted to maximise my, ten- my potential. Uh, I wanted to be at my best at all times. Um, I think looking back with Brady, I think if I if I had a regret, I was probably overreaching sometimes and probably doing things that you know we should have done as a companionship. I was just taking the responsibility for and doing. You know, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to impress people. You know what I mean? And I wanted to do a good job. Um, I remember President Frederick at that particular time. He, he would teach, you know, how hot is your flame? I don't know if that was a ever a theme of your mission, but he'd he'd have like um, pictures of a Bunsen burner, and, you know, an old Bunsen burner from science science class and stuff like that. Um, and he would say, you know, "It's just like how hot is your flame?" And then he'd have a he'd have a flame where it was like a lot of oxygen getting in, you know. And he'd be like, "Yeah, that's a that's a hot flame." And then he'd, he'd I think he would no no, um, and then he'd close it. I was in the other way around, excuse me, you know, so it was closed and he'd open, he'd let more air in and um, obviously he'd get hotter and hotter and hotter until it was white hot, basically. And this is, you know, where are you basically on this list? And I've used that lesson quite quite a bit in my life, you know, to, to measure where I am and what I'm doing. You know, how hot is my flame? Do I want to, do I have the desire to, to do things? I think it's a great life, life lesson hmm. in general, but it really sort of like, I wanted to be that white hot flame you know what i mean i wanted to really do push it as hard as i could you know what i mean uh, i think brady had a bit of a tough time maybe dealing with that and i, I apologize if if it was a bit sort of like stubborn or you know if it was <laughs> maybe probably a bit not uncaring back but you know i just definitely wanted to take the lead um i wanted to show the district leader you know at the time that you know i could do i could do all this stuff and and I wanted to prove to leadership that I could do it as well because you know I've, I felt like I had a lot to give in in that respect. Um, I'd say at that time stress was definitely getting to me, um, mainly because I was ill a lot during that particular time. Um, so during this time, I don't know if you, if you remember the swine flu epidemic, um, like two thousand and nine, yeah. that was rife. Um, when I was serving in Paisley with with Elder Hammond, that was probably when it was at its peak. And a few people in the mission had caught it and, you know, were sick a few weeks, uh, you know, at the time. It's a serious thing. Um, uh, anyway, I remember one morning I woke up and I got changed and studied and I sneezed constantly, <laughs> nonstop through personal study and companionship study. So that was two hours. I just was like, chew, chew, chew. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> just like no breaks. <laughs> I wanted to die. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, I think you know. Eventually, when I when I got to, to take a breath, I was like, I was like there, puffy eyed. I was just like looking at like crying. I was just like, can I go and see a doctor? <laughs> my brain was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you can. <laughs> anyway, wow. so um, I ran I ran the mission home in between sneezing, and I, I got what I got. I was expecting to see a GP. Now, I'd not really been sick before this on my mission. I was expecting here in England or in Scotland or the UK, you go and see a GP, don't you? You book an appointment and go and see them. We didn't have a GP. Um, we had a mission doctor that I'd never heard from. <laughs> um, I remember seeing him in the in the. Uh, I remember seeing him in the in the uh, MTC. One well, didn't really hear anything from him since then. Uh, what I got was just go to A and E. You know, an accident and emergency, basically. And so I was like, wait a minute. I thought I should be going to a GP. No elder came. Don't go to a GP. Go to a &E. I was like, yeah, to this day, I, I still don't know why I was asked to do that, to be honest with you. In fact, any time I needed medical attention throughout my mission, and I needed it a few times, you know, um, I was advised to go to a &E. That was the same, you know, when I got my rhinoplasty, when I, when I got my nose broken by that, that guy, that lovely gentleman who... You know, headbutted me in the face. Um, I was just like, I was like, Why isn't it called the Glasgow kiss? It was called the Glasgow kiss. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, got, of, one of few that got one of those. Yeah, yeah. I've wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I digress. Carry on. I could, I could, no, it's all right. It's all right. It's an interesting story, right? Uh, um, but um, I mean, my question was during this time, why couldn't I see a GP? Because it felt like the it was just it was just odd for me that I wasn't able to go and see one. Anyway, I went to I went to A and E, and I was obviously as I said, swine flu was rife. Um, it was all in all the papers. You couldn't escape it basically. Um, I went to Royal Alexandra Hospital in Paisley. Uh, I told them my symptoms, and they told me to wait inside this isolated room that was covered in these you know this, this uh, transparent sort of white thing. I was like this, I, and then this doctor came out in this contamination suit. Uh, like, look like, have you ever seen ET? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen ET when he's like, when they're like, like the China ways in that refrigerator, and those guys like in those suits. That's, yeah. what came out, that's what he came out in, and you know, <laughs> I was, I was really scared. <laughs> I'm taking the time. I was just like, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to like, I was like, my mind was rushing, but um, they did a blood test. They told me to rest. <laughs> You know what I mean, and um, and but when it, when they told me to rest, I'd rest for a day. I'd start to feel a bit better again, and then I'd go out proselyting. Um, and after a day, I'd sort of like my symptoms kind of came back. So it was like this wasn't going away without a fight. This thing, and I was like, I was pretty ill. Um, so um, I eventually rang the mission home and said, "Look, one day is not going to cut it. I'm going to have to need to take a several days off here to properly recover." Um, so I spent three days, straight days, fighting this illness off. I mean, it must have been hell on earth for Brady, like because he was sat around the bless him, sat around the flat, waiting for me to get Ill, waiting for me to get better, basically, which must have been an exercise in patience beyond my understanding. But he did it. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm really grateful that he did do that. You know what I mean? He didn't 
didn't ask to go on exchanges. He just he just he just sat he just sat there and, and you know read the. I mean, you can imagine how boring it is for a, for a missionary who can't go out, just sat around in the in the in the flat all day, just reading the scriptures or reading the ensign or whatever, or the Leahona or whatever. So eventually, started to re- I recovered. Um, my condition started improving. I got news that it wasn't swine flu in the end, but. Um, it was. It made me really ill. <laughs> so I don't know what it was, but anyway, Brady left, um, and this was the moves that President and Sister Frederick went home. Um, they were replaced by President and Sister Griffiths, who I think had a bit of a different approach to President Frederick, um, which I was honestly glad because I didn't like his. I felt President Frederick's approach was a bit militant, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I can appreciate, obviously, he wanted the best out of his elders and he cared for them, but I don't think it was an approach that sort of, like, sat well with me. But, you know, obviously, because it's a, the mission culture, you're trying to improve and stuff like that. You're seen as, like, something that you have to take on board and you either sink or swim, either step up or stand aside, <laughs> basically. And that was very much the culture of the mission, I felt. Um, um, so he changed with President Sister Griffiths from a much less numbers orientated kind of endeavor um and it was more about people <laughs> and more about you know what their needs are about um attending to the one as as president griffiths used to call it uh, i liked him uh, as a person i like I, I, I felt he was a, a breath of fresh air to the mission and i felt like finally finally we were focused on people over numbers and because that was a bit of a gripe with me, to be honest with you, I felt like we, a lot of we were missing the mark, we were missing the point. Sometimes chasing these numbers, and and I understand that that numbers equal, you know, people. But I think we were looking too much at numbers rather than no, oh, this number has a name attached to it, it has a life. There wasn't much care. I felt with respect to that. Anyway, so missionaries and issues were sort of no longer seen as a problem. I think, um, but more of a person. And I think that's a much more Christian approach to leadership. And I liked it. Um, so I was with Brady for three months. Um, and then I had another companion, Cade Lubeck, um, who took Brady's place. And we were serving in the same area in Paisley still. Um, I didn't really get on with Cade. Um, um, he was a good missionary and everything, but I just, I, we just didn't get on, you know what I mean? And and uh, that might have been because I was prideful or whatever you want to call it, but we just weren't on the same page at all, really. Um, you know, I think we, we tolerated other, each other to an extent. Um, we barely put up with each other. And so I apologise on my part, yeah, to, to Cade, if, you know. But I, just think, I think it takes two to tango in some instances. You know what I mean? So well, I think it was all just me. Um, so we said together for, for three months and uh, I remember asking President Griffiths after those three months for us to be separated basically because you know I just just feel like it didn't feel good at all being around him serving with him and you know he's, he, he made me he kept me so mad at times you know what I mean and you know I thought it was just not good we weren't a, we weren't compatible I don't think but we put with each other because that was just what we were called to do um anyway um thankfully president griffiths listened and i was moved 
uh, out of there over to the Dumbarton area, back into Glasgow Stake. And I was in another driving area with a new companion, Matthew Hardwick, who is the uh, second companion from Wolverhampton that I had. Um, they're, they're, they're another one with a rubbish football team. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's terrible, terrible, really. I mean, it's appalling. <laughs> and I'd let them know. I let him know this. He was a massive Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers supporter. Um, so I constantly sort of like tease him about you know how his team were, and still are, just uh, you know basically rubbish. <laughs> That's got a goal to save the life sort of thing. <laughs> Not like the mighty Man City. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> they, were, they were just scoring goals left, right and centre, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, so I, was, um, I followed up training with Matthew. Um, I wanted to be at my absolute best with him. Um, it was a constant theme throughout my mission. It was like, this is about me. This is about me performing. This is about how I can improve and stuff like that. It was very much like, the frame of the mind in the mission. So I think it got to me at that particular point. I wanted to show him, uh, Matthew, how, because I was just following up training, I wanted to be a good example to him. I'd never trained before. So I wanted to show him how hard I could work. So the first couple of days, whilst we were in a companionship together, I was working at 100 miles an hour. You know, I was, I was, I was talking to everybody, inviting everyone to be to, to be baptised. I, I wanted to be at my best, you know what I mean? I think, most of my companions, if you ever have them on, would tell you that I talked to a lot of people, you know, via street contact in, and I was quite quite good in it to an extent too. You know what I mean? I, I like that aspect of it. Um, but I just went into my overdrive when I moved it to Dunbarton. Uh, I think Matthew just coming out made my struggled with that. Um, so uh, he'd previously been trained by Craig Day. Um, who had been, you know, I think, maybe had a bit of a different approach to me. Um, I think Craig was a bit more sort of like uh, happy-go-lucky, whereas I was, at that time of mission, all-out nuclear war. <laughs> I've got to get all this stuff done, you know what I mean? Um, I felt like I was really, I was being really effective and I, I wanted to just maximise my time, you know what I mean? I really felt that was important to do. Might have been to my detriment, unfortunately. Um, and met, met, maybe companionships might have suffered um, because I had that attitude, but it was very much an attitude that came from President Frederick and all, you know, all the monks there. And I felt like that's how I was to become a good missionary. So in Dunbar, I went a bit mental for the first few days, uh, <laughs> thinking I was setting a good example. Um, I think it nearly broke Matthew. <laughs> I remember one day Matthew... Um, uh, he had enough of, of maybe the way that I was being or whatever. Um, he calls Craig Day directly. He was the zone. He'd been changed to the zone leader of, the, of our state, basically of the Glasgow of the Glasgow area, sort of thing. And and just complains directly to him. And obviously, because it might have been a bit too much for him, or I was, <laughs> I think he preferred him as a companion over me, and I don't blame him. <laughs> um, but uh, Craig then talks to me, and because obviously he was my zone leader, and tells me that I basically need to slow down, um, and I need to listen to Matthew more, and I need to take on his advice, and I need to treat him like a companionship, um, because it's not, it wasn't about me. Um, it was a bit of a hard lesson for me to learn that, but he was right. Um, I think it, it was at that time I felt like I was being told to slow down rather than for him to step up kind of thing. 
Um, I mean, if, I get it though. I mean, I was going mental. <laughs> so, so apologies to you, Matthew. Um, if you're listening, uh, nice guy, uh, really good teacher as well. Really effective, good at planning as well from a really early point in his mission as well. There's a lot of lot of uh, good aspects to his character and good good work ethic as well. Uh, and, he was, and he was a funny guy as well. I got on, I got on with him. Once we got past that, I think we got on with each other. In fact, after my mission, he was actually at um, an event. Uh, a church event that I was DJing at um, and he came up to me and we, we caught up it was great you know what I mean it's nice. like rolling back the years and stuff like that but you know he's a great guy he's got he's got a kid now um, he's been married in the temple fantastic I'm happy for him he doesn't live too far away from me but you know um, yeah he's a nice guy I to keep in contact with him um, so we were as I say we were in Dumbarton um, the ward there I think we're a little less cooperative shall we say with missionaries i think they've had a couple of bad experiences in the past with missionaries baptizing too quickly and not maybe going you know not maybe doing it in the right way um the bishop there bishop gallagher i think probably saw me as one of those missionaries um you know i mean that would like be all about baptisms and you know like not not attending to the one and all that sort of stuff i think he may have may have saw me as a bit of maybe a bit of a problem. I maybe thought my you know my blood and thunder approach was not suited to you know his ward and his members. Um, so I, I, he actually asked for me to be transferred out of that area, um, but not before we baptised and confirmed young Paul, um, a nine-year-old who had been teaching. Uh, that was nice. another. That was a miracle baptism. That one because we didn't have any of the support of the ward whatsoever. Um, yeah, as little Paul and Elder Hardwick and myself looking, yeah, posing like missionaries of the Lord there, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, to this day, I think it was a miracle that we even got to happen. Everything went wrong on the day. <laughs> to me, it just seemed like like the ward was not supportive of the missionaries' efforts at all uh, to bring people into the church and baptize. Um, the bishop thought could have could have done a bit more to help us. Um, I think it would be naysaying rather than trying to be positive about it, you know. But, um, yeah, it wasn't very helpful. So, um, you know, rather than approach our investigators, you sort of like moan that they smell of smoke and or, like, have they been drinking? I was just like... Oh, dear. Really? Really? You're the bishop of this ward and you're, like, acting like that? Goodness. Anyway, um, anyway, it didn't didn't like that word. <laughs> um, so so the baptism definitely felt like a success story. Um, and you know, I was, was super proud of our efforts in, in finding young Paul. Um, I was, um, oh yeah, I've got an interesting story about a P-Day as well. Now, don't be shocked here. I'm going to show you this. <laughs> okay. So for one P-Day, we had a member called Joe. And he told us about this activity called ferreting. I don't know if you've heard of ferreting at all. No. Okay. So ferreting, guys. <laughs> Jack, did you say yes? Yeah. Hunting, right? With ferrets? It is hunting. It is hunting. Yeah. Sorry, you, you've heard of it, Jack? I've heard of it. Yeah. That's us, that's us ferreting on P-Day. Me and wow. Matthew. So we went with a member. I know, yeah, you're probably thinking, what an apostate. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Uh, I, I didn't think it was a post day. I think we were, we were helping the farmer get rid of some pests. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was just a, 
I'm never going to get to do this ever again. So I was just like, yeah, we'll, we'll go. <laughs> we went with a member and he put nose and nets over a burrow, sent a ferret down. And when a rabbit jumped up, jumped out, he, he jumped on and broke its neck. <laughs> it's wow. like, what a great, what a great activity. So I, was, I feel like I was uh, living on the edge there. Maybe that's probably the most edgiest thing that I did on a mission. <laughs> um, probably I've, I've since was told like, you yeah you 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 were out of order to do that or maybe you should have thought about it a bit more maybe so maybe so but you know <laughs> I'm sorry if that's the case well uh, <laughs> I I did enjoy myself <laughs> um, so during that time when I was with Matthew um, I was actually diagnosed with clinical depression um, by a doctor um, because I've been showing signs of um, low mood and you know um just just general dislike just i can't find joy in things anymore i don't know if you've uh, met depression is a serious mental illness um and i was given the highest dose of medication for it by this doctor um i mean i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy to say it now but i had a mental breakdown during that particular time um, where I'd just randomly feel really down and start crying uncontrollably yeah. for I don't I, for reasons I just don't know as I, I, I can't explain it it's it's just um, it'd come out of the blue and it'd hit me like a truck and I'd, I'd start crying for like 30 40 minutes at a time and I'd carry that with me um, for the next four to five years and you know I've, I made a recovery afterwards but you know it's a dark time for me mentally. Uh, because okay. it felt like I was, I was being persecuted, you know, by the ward for wanting to do the right thing. You know, I, I was starting to question what the right thing was. I didn't think I knew what it was anymore because in my mind I was doing the right thing and I was being told off for it or chastised or rebuked for it. I was so confused at that particular time. I just didn't know what the right thing to do was anymore. So I started to question everything everything my big questions like you know it's like bigger morality issues what is good what is bad like you know i'm trying to sort this all out in my head so it was a tough time for me at that particular time um to deal with um but um anyway anyway it was, it was just something that i dealt with on my mission and i think many people would have um would have had to go through what i had, what I had to go through and with respect to that but it happened smack bang in the middle of my mission but I am no quitter, guys. I am out there to finish my mission, and that was, I'm not a quitter. Um, no matter how hard things got, I made a promise that would that I would do a good job and that I'd finish, uh, you, know, and that, you know, and I was I was willing to do that. Um, so anyway, I spent three months with um, Matthew Hardwick, and then I moved on to what would be my final area, um, where they would put me out to pasture in the air ward. You know what I mean? Hey, we're going to move you to a lovely area. It's like um, like hospice for a mission, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's well. I went to the air ward, and now I'd been on holiday in there before. Um, I, I love it. I thought them, but I never met all the ward members. I heard so much about them: the Sharkies, the Gelardies. The list goes on, and the names escape me at this moment in time. But there's so many faithful, wonderful people there that were, that were in the ward that were just so warm and caring. They treated you like you were one of their, one of you're one of theirs, and that's exactly what I needed. Being you know suffering with what I was suffering through, so that was the right move to put me there. I felt, um, 
you know, they were lovely members um, and there was lots of opportunities to teach. I even liked the area, even at a beach that wasn't horrible. <laughs> so <laughs> it was great. Um, I, I, was, I moved there with uh, Bjorn Anderson, who was my companion when I moved there from um, from Dumbarton. He was from Sweden. He was uh, a really sweet guy. Um, well, I think because I was I was going through what I was going through, I think he might have had a bit of a, it really hit me hard at that point. Um, I think he might have struggled. Um, I think I was, I don't know, I didn't really have much empathy, unfortunately, at that time, um, because I just I was just really struggling with a lot of things. Um, I, I remember during one companionship in Lansoria, actually, actually, actually brought into tears because I was just, I just was angry at everything. Um, um, you know, nothing would make sense to me. You know, what I mean, I was out there on my mission trying to do the right thing, and no matter what I did, it seemed like I was doing the wrong thing, or like or I wasn't right in what I was feeling. Um, there'd been times on my mission where I knew I was convinced what I was doing was the right thing, and then I get chastised for it or pulled up about it, and ended up being the wrong thing. <laughs> I mean, that's why I struggled. Um, because I was convinced that I was doing the right thing, but I was told afterwards that I wasn't. Um, so it didn't make an awful lot of sense to me. Looking back, you know, I, I might have lost a bit of faith at that particular time. But there was no way on earth, guys, that I was going to go home. I was going to complete my mission, you know what I mean, and return with honour. Um, because I, by this point, I was out for 20 months. You know what I mean? I only had four months to go. You know what I mean? I might as well finish it. Um, I felt like a lot of things were transpiring against me at that time. Um, Umberto Gelardi was the bishop and I remember him he saw that was struggling during sacrament meeting you know because usually missionaries go up to people and speak to everyone I wasn't doing that I was kind of sitting to one side just you know just kind of kind of just like not wanting to speak to people and um, he noticed this and he pulled me in to his office and he's a very caring person. I don't know if you can ever come across him. He's a, he's a, he's, he's a great guy, really is. Um, um, I remember he pulled me into his office and he was, uh, he could see that I was struggling, he wanted to help. So he was telling me, man to man, that I was worth something, that I was an amazing missionary. I was valued by him. I was valued by this ward. I was, you know, and and that, you know, what what you've done or may have done in the past, it shouldn't affect your mood, kind of thing, or or how you're feeling. He tried, he tried, but I think, you know, I was trying to reach someone who can't get reached to at that particular time. You know what I mean? It's a it's a real struggle. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. Um, what, he, what he tried to do and I had a lot of members that tried to help me through at the air war tried to help me through that for the last couple of months it didn't affect my work though <laughs> I can assure you of that my work did not change I was like still determined to to succeed and, and to contact people because it felt like the last part of my mission was probably one of the hardest ones um, just because I was suffering with what I was suffering with so um, I was with Bjorn Anderson for three months and then I moved and I stayed in there for my last six weeks with Tanner Madsen, who's from Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, so during that time, we baptised Davina and Robert. Uh, they were married in the church. They were married at church first. I had to plan a wedding. I've never planned a wedding before. <laughs> wow. So I just thought, yeah, I had to plan a wedding because um, obviously they were living together, but they agreed, you know, if to get married, if they could get baptised. 
Um, and yeah, and so that's what happened. Basically, I was his best man. <laughs> cool. uh, yeah, I was his best man. I actually asked President Griffiths at that time. I was like, "Am I? Can I be his best man?" He's asked me to be best man. He's like, "Yeah, sure." I was like, "Can I wear a pink tie?" I was like, well, everyone else is wearing pink ties. It's, it's a pink theme, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just wanted to get that one in before the end of the mission, and then I got promotion. <laughs> Another thing as well, we weren't allowed to wear purple and pink ties, were we? But the mission tie was purple anyway. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It is. It's like green and purple. But we to... Anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Davina and Robert were married and then baptised and confirmed both of them. Um, this is during the last moves. Um, Mary McCulloch as well, who was in who was in her nineties um, and oh. was you know, uh, you know it was difficult to communicate with. Um, but I've, you know, she's one of those for years and years and years. She had a sister who was an active member of the church, which she for years, even though she'd have the missionaries round, she refused to get baptised. And it felt for me, holding on to the very end of my mission was for Mary, because I felt like all the lessons and all the experiences and all the trials and we're teaching and learning and getting chastised and waking up early and getting ill and all this sort of stuff eventually came to a head when I invited her to be baptized and she said yes. And like uh, one of my favorite memories of my entire mission was seeing the members of Air Ward baptised Mary. Um, she was in a chair and, you know, she had it lowered down by two priest of holders, basically, but man, um, kind of felt it was all worth it just to see that happen. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it was great to see. Uh, and that's my absolute favourite thing that happened on my mission was, was that, basically. There's a lot of great stuff that happened when I was out there, but I'll always treasure that one, that one memory. Anyway, um, completed my mission, 3rd of July 2010, uh, just as it was about to return into the Scotland Island mission. So it was the last of the uh, uh, Scotland, well, last of the Mohicans, last of the uh, Scotland Medical mission, last of the Scotland Medical mission. Yeah. Uh, it got translated like the city of Enoch. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my parents picked me up for the mission home and I got to go on exchanges with my dad. Um, on my street con contacted someone in the streets of Edinburgh I didn't serve in Edinburgh my entire mission I always wanted to serve there so that's another nice memory when we went on exchanges went with my dad on the street contacted someone invited him to baptize invited us to be baptised he's like I get to fuck <laughs> you know <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's what a way to wrap it up eh? <laughs> yeah give your dad a little bit of the Scottish experience there too then. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. I mean that was, that was a nice little memory that I remember in bearing testimony and you know like me going exchanges with him so and then um i was with him up until uh i got released and i went back down to manchester so yeah. that's, that's that. great <laughs> quite quite the saga you've taken us on over those two years we yeah. really appreciate it man it's no it's and no longer the rings but uh you know it's, it's up there <laughs> everything no, you there's no dark lord there's no mountain yeah. at the end but you know well, there is a mountain, excuse me, half a sea. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. yeah. that's right. <laughs> At the start and the finish. So <laughs> that's, right. that's right. So, um, yeah, um, I feel proud of my efforts. I have a couple of regrets, um, more so to do with interpersonal um, relationships. Um, I just want to say to any of my 
all companions that might be listening, I am sorry um, that I was eggheaded. You know, I'm the, I, am the, I am the way I am. I am how God made me. Um, so I hope to seek your forgiveness and hopefully he won't judge you. Uh, well, I won't judge you for, for any injustices done to me either. So for me, that's that's dead and buried. And I don't hold any grudges against you. So I wish you all well as well, um, every every single one of you. And I'd like to hear from you as well. So don't be a stranger. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a great segue into truly, if there's anyone else apart from your companions who you'd like to hear from, is there anyone on like the the horizons that you'd be like, hey, if I don't hear from that person, I'll be shocked? If I don't hear from, oh gosh, I'd like to hear from Brady Hammond. Um, Brady is like a, you know, he's, he's, he's a really nice guy. Um, I got along with him and he's got some really funny stories. So, um, um, Alan Slater as well, just because he's, he's, he's a character. He's a real character. Um, and I think if I could say one more, it would be Matthew Hardwick. Okay. So shout out to all of you. Hope you're all doing well. And thank you for having me on, guys. It's uh, Sorry, it might have been uh, taking a bit of a long and serious tone in some instances, but uh, um, I, I thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. I genuinely do. It feels like him, it gives me a sense of closure, you know. Um, yeah. so thank you. Thank you for that. We want we want everybody to come on who served in Scotland. <laughs> like You're our brother yeah. because we lived and served in that land. You yeah. know, regardless of what transpired then or now or whatever we we've been there done that so and yeah, uh, yeah. The, the things you've overcome as well personally like that's amazing i really appreciate you sharing that too like we all have struggles at times in our lives and we need to hear those stories of people yeah. making it to the other side so really yeah, appreciate I mean, it. thank you thank you for saying so and i appreciate you listening as well um you know i, I just felt as if it was important to be honest and um, more than anything uh, on, on this on this um, on this podcast, um, so I felt hopefully um, hopefully I'll do some good. And you guys are doing a great job anyway. So uh, what? Thank, thank you for you. doing it. Thank you for doing it. It's it's, it's great. So um, so yeah. Now, I I'm going to echo what Jack said too. We we love you, David. We're so grateful that you were able to come on and share your experience in Scotland, just as as we all had experiences. Some good some bad but you know the thing that's been so interesting for jack and i listening to these conversations from you know era missionaries beyond even myself and i feel like i'm the baby of the group sometimes but nonetheless like th there was a, a situation that changed the mission like right after i went home that truly affected the entire culture of what scotland was when you got there mm -hmm. and you ultimately had to try and fix some of those things, even though there was irreparable damage in some of these areas. And so kudos to you for sticking through it because Jack and I have reflected on it. There's, I don't think we would have made it. I mean, look, he's wearing a pink tie right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, and if you still have contact with any of your previous companions, I mean, I, I'll be more than happy to reach out to those that you've mentioned, but Beyond that, anyone that you know of that, uh, um, 
you could get us in contact with. Certainly refer them to the 51spylaw.com uh, website. They can email us, sempodcast at 51spylaw.com. You know, any way that we can get in contact, we would love to have anybody on here to share their story. And we've we've mentioned it before. I think uh, Zach Lavelle is, was in your MTC group. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. Great he's, guy. Yeah. He's coming on as we're speaking next week. And um, ultimately, like, there's just so many pieces to this giant puzzle that truly is the Scotland-Edinburgh mission. And uh, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your bit to it. So thank you. Thank you. It's lovely to uh, to speak to you guys and thanks for the opportunity. All right, yeah. David. We'll say All goodnight best. to you. Cheerio. Bye-bye. All right, bye now. Bye.